This podcast includes unapologetic logic and reason and may not be suitable for all audiences. In a world full of nonsense, he's been called the voice of uncommon common sense. He sees the abnormal that many find normal. Author and award-winning speaker, he is Chris Welcome back to the podcast, the last podcast of 2023. Here we are, the end of the year, about to embark on a new journey, the beginning of a new year. I like New Year's for that very reason. Gives us an opportunity to close the chapter on last year and begin the chapter on the uh, upcoming year. A fresh start, so to speak. An opportunity to regroup, reassess, restart, re, re, re. Do it again, that's what I say. I find it exciting. I do. I like an opportunity to start over. I've told you I've been aggressive this year about planning out some goals. And I want to say to you, uh, I don't want to paint the wrong picture. It's not that the goals are so much over the top. It's the planning that I'm putting into it this year, just taking it to the next level, which I'm going through some mental gymnastics with that. You don't need to make things too complicated. What do you want to do in January? That's what I would do. I would start there. Do this for yourself. I was telling my son, he's got about a little over a year left in the Air Force. I said, did you read that book I said? He said, no, I left it up on base. I told him he was a slacker. I said, I'm going to be sending you another one. And I said, you need to be reading every day. I said, as a matter of fact, pick a career field that you want to go into when you get out of the Air Force and go get five books on it. You'll be an expert on the subject by the time you get out. Better than any college education. It'll cost you 100 bucks, not 100 grand. Stay tuned for more great finance tips from the guru, Big Chris. Not really. I learned the hard way. Anybody will tell you that. We grew up, we didn't have anything, I didn't have any inheritance, never got a dime, never got a helping hand, and I made plenty of mistakes. Had to do it the hard way, but it can be done, even in this environment. You can save money, you can get ahead. Don't let anything stop you. It begins in January. What do you need to do? Let me help you. Drop five pounds. <laughs> Who listening wouldn't benefit from that? So I've been practicing a little bit leading into this, just to stick with this theme a second of getting myself a little healthier. And I've done pretty well. I've been keeping you a little bit posted on this. I live my life a little cyclically. I was beefing it up in the summer, although I was overeating. I never really trimmed down the way I wanted to in 2023, but that's okay. I kept my weight within a, within a, within a reasonable boundary, I would say. Might be pushing the boundaries of that a little bit. I like to eat. What can I tell you? It's a kill. Last night I had a couple cookies before bed. Here I am preaching to you about eating healthy, and then I just succumb to the weakness myself. That's when it hits me, that when I'm half asleep at 6.30. <laughs> no, it was like, it was like 9 o'clock. And I just I lose all my discipline. And I, I, I think about it as I'm doing it. All right, so what do we need to do? We need to drop five pounds in January. So for me, that means cut those midnight cookie runs. Very simple. There's two ways we can go, go back to the bedroom suites. I need to go the other way, not through the kitchen. I need to tighten up that discipline. So that's really my goal for January in that regard, drop five pounds. Now, there's some other goals, but I already got started on it. You know, I mentioned to you skipping meals, skipping desserts, not getting too heavy on drinking and things like that. And I've done okay with it. I've had a good time, enjoyed the holiday, kept it on balance. I'm going to be very focused on getting that done in January. And I promise you that if you focus on, on even just one thing and, you know, just, oh, I want to get in shape, that's not going to cut it. That's not going to give you the feedback that you need. Start small. You know, you're saying, I'm having trouble losing weight. Okay. Drop five pounds for the month. Well, a pound a week is safe. Okay. Then two pounds, whatever you want to set your little girly goal at. I don't care. Go for it. Set it small. I think it's fine. I am. You know, I, I need to probably drop. I could, I could probably drop close to 20 pounds and be pretty happy with that. I'm not going to do that in January. I'm not even going to try. Anyway, we'll talk more about it as we get into the new year. I just want to mention that to you. Start thinking about your goals if you haven't already. Something, something that you can look forward to growing. What area of your life is not performing as well as you'd expect it to be? That's what's causing agitation in your life, whether it's finances or relationships or your health. That's what the, all everything revolves around, those three things, Okay. Your mom is sick, your parent, your elderly parents are having trouble. I got a buddy, his son has serious uh, concussion. You know, these are all very stressful for, for people to deal with. There's no way to, 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 to take that out of the equation. 
but there's definitely ways to manage it. And you can still build your life through these things. You don't put your life on hold because your parents are dying or your children are ill. Some people do. Some people do. I do not. Not for much, that's for sure. Either way, if you're not dealing with anything like that, set a goal for yourself, something that you can improve on. Do it for January, then do it again in February. If, if you set a stupid, silly goal, I don't like to talk like that, but let's just say you had a stupid, silly goal to lose two pounds in January. Right? Let's say you got 20 pounds to lose. And you say, ah, I'm not too ambitious. Okay. I don't like all this effort. Okay. Then don't do it. Do two pounds a month. By October, you'll have 20 pounds going. You'll feel like a different person. You know how quickly that'll come? By summer, you'll have 10 pounds. I'll say, wow, I feel like I'm looking a lot better. Probably motivate you to keep going. Maybe you would lose it a little faster. I bet you. Maybe you'd run a marathon. And you could do this with any area of your life. I didn't mean to, to bend and bend on that. But start thinking about it. It's January. Everybody talks about goals. People rarely achieve them. I walked into the studio to uh, begin recording. Obviously, I didn't do it at my normally scheduled time. The podcast is posting a little late. I don't get too many complaints about that anymore because I guess I've been so unreliable. Thank you very much. We'll try and fix that for the next year going forward. Regardless, I had information I wanted to talk about today. It was important to me to get it out. And so I finally get myself down here. I walk into the office, the studio, and I say, what bomb went off? I, I like things kind of neat. Although the studio is one of those areas of my life, which is the, it's like, it's my man cave. It's a mess in here. The more I look around. I'm going to redo it in here. Yeah. We did this on the fly, and I don't think I thought it through. I picked out some cool new furniture and lighting for in here, and I want to make it look like, like Glenn Beck's studio. You know what I mean? Yeah, we're not going to be doing that right away. That's not on the top of the goal list. I came into this boxes on the on the table. I bought this uh, little portable blender, which is great, by the way. I used it this morning. You may probably heard me talk about one of my weaknesses. I enjoy a monster energy drink in the morning, and I was like, I drink the sugar-free, and it's not as bad as for you as, as what people are saying. There are people out there, hey, you know, big, you monsters are going to kill you. All right, look, because some uh, heroin fiend slammed, you know, 10 monster full sugar in two hours and had a heart attack doesn't mean that drinking a monster a day is going to kill me. That being said, I recognize that it's not a healthy habit. And it kind of snuck up on me. It wasn't my intention. I did develop the taste for it. I liked the carbonation in the morning. I, I appreciated giving up uh, some of the coffee. It was a little bit easier on my stomach, I found. And that simple enjoyment, like many things, turned into a solid habit, really, where I was drinking a Monster every day and then sometimes having a second one. That's where you start to get into trouble. Anyway, I backed out of all that. I just, you know, I have one... Um, I probably have about five a week, I would say. But still more than I wanted to. So, the cordless blender. I'm hoping to replace that with a little fruit smoothie. Now, if you, I'll tie this back to what I started with, with the goals. It's all kind of important details here. The fruit smoothie is going to have a lot of sugar and carbohydrates. And that's something that I would normally completely eliminate in this phase of cutting weight. In this case, I'm going to try something different. I'm going to have two or three pieces of fruit in the morning. That fruit smoothie is going to be the replacement for the monster and the coffee. I got to tell you, the early results on that are promising. I'll keep you posted on, on how that works out. I don't know that that would be this weird thing, you know, with this uh, dieting and eating and fasting. And I don't believe that it's a one size fits all deal. I don't believe that anybody really understands everything. I think that every person is a little bit unique, and you factor all that in, and there's quite a few variables. And the harder you work to see how those variables affect you, the better results you'll get. So, I don't want to be drinking Monsters because it's got, you know, artificial crap, and it's not good. I don't want to be drinking coffee because I find it to be really hard on my stomach. Digestive problems throughout the day if I have a second cup of coffee, usually. It'll make my hands sweat sometimes. I don't like that. It makes me a little edgy. Caffeine doesn't always work well for me. Don't get me wrong. I have plenty of it, and, and sometimes I, I want that caffeine as well. And I still want to be able to enjoy a cup of coffee. But to get started in the morning, I'm looking for that healthiest option. And I think that the infusion of the fruit sugars with the fiber 
is going to be a great way to do it. I find, I don't know if you've ever done this, but try getting up in the morning instead of coffee or a monster or something like that, have a little six ounce, eight ounce glass of apple juice. I'm telling you, it, it will wake you. I find it the cold apple juice, best wake up of, of any, really. Pre workout snack, apple with peanut butter, I found is one of the best beyond creatine or any of these, you know, double stack pills and potions people are taking. Apple and peanut butter. But anyway, in the morning, apple juice. Now, we've been talking, oh, the juice is too much sugar, sugar, sugar. Meanwhile, we're dumping sugar in the coffee, sugar in the bagel, sugar everywhere else. But don't don't have the apple sugar. All this got me to thinking. All this got me to thinking. Maybe, maybe that influx of energy in the morning would be a good thing. So I just tried it today. My wife bought me a cordless blender. It was a little small, so I got a bigger one. This one's very easy. Just The blender base stays on it. And the top is a drink top, so you just pop it and carry it with you. Very, very good. The only thing I found was I would like it to be a little bit bigger. I think if, well, I figure you fit two pieces of fruit in there. Maybe that's a better thing because I used to mix stuff in the blender. I don't like have like you know, <laughs> you know six pieces of fruit. Now that's a lot of sugar to be putting down. I'm not kidding. I wouldn't usually make them like that. But I also don't need a half gallon smoothie either. So anyway, we're fine tuned. That'll keep you posted. One more thing I wanted to mention before we get into this. I got this book that I stumbled on. What was I doing? I was researching best-selling military books or something like that just to see how to position my newest book. And as I was researching that, I stumbled on an author by the name of Jack Carr. He's a um, Navy SEAL veteran, and he wrote this novel series, The Terminal List. I think this is just the first book in the series. But if I'm getting this right, I just started like the first couple chapters. The guy's uh, unit was wiped out, and now he's going to seek retribution, taking out these uh, leaders. I'm surprised they allowed this to be published the way that it was. Very interesting stuff. Anyway, uh, Jack Carr, The Terminal List, I highly recommend it. Great reading. I'm only three chapters in. The voice, prose, sound, I don't know what these words even mean. Very, very much like the voice that I found for myself in my book. So I'm enjoying reading it, and I'm getting some ideas. And I wanted to share that with you. I'll keep you posted. I got a bunch of books people gave me for Christmas. I felt kind of bad. I then when I went and bought this, I'm not reading any of the gift books. Some of them I even asked for. Go figure. People are fickle, right? It's Friday. We're headed into the holiday. And I want to remind you of something very simple, military term, if you haven't heard it. You need to check your six. I never used that term in the military or growing up. I learned it sometime after. I guess it's like a SEAL term or something like that or operator. Everybody wants to be an operator now. Nobody really has any idea what they're talking about when they say these things. That's fine. Anyway, you need to check your six. You need to be looking behind you at all times. I want to remind you of that. The way my mother taught me growing up, always look in the back seat before you get in the car. Do you know I still do that to this day? If I go out in the morning, it's not light out, which is usually the case when I go get in my vehicle in the morning. It's dark out. You know what I do? I go outside. I carefully look around. Are there any vehicles parked around I might see? Are there any movement that might catch my attention? We have hunters around here. There's other properties, people wandering around. I'm going to talk to you more about this in a second. I know you think I'm nuts. Why? Because I do a little security scan around my property before I leave in the morning? You think that's nuts? To me, it's nuts not to do it. Absolutely not. I do it instinctively. It doesn't even, not a chore at all. I wouldn't leave without doing it. Sometimes I'll even walk around the other side of the house just to check and make sure. Before I get in the car, I don't usually lock it. I shouldn't be announcing this. Go ahead and climb in there, see what happens. You better make sure I don't find you in there. That's all I can tell you. You better make sure you get me first. I always check, make sure nobody's in there. I don't want to be caught blindsided. I try to continue to remind people of the situational awareness. You know why? Because it would stop half the attacks that we see. Listen to this story. Investigation underway after an elderly woman became the victim of a brutal robbery. 74-year-old woman loading groceries into her car when she was pushed to the ground by a man she didn't know. He stole her purse, which had an undisclosed amount of money inside. Made off with the money is yet to be apprehended. The assault, uh, what is this, 100 East Commerce Street in Bridgeton, New Jersey. Uh, I don't know the location of that. 
Woman declined medical attention. No arrests have been reported. So she's okay. She got pushed to the ground. She got hurt. And she got her bag stolen. How traumatic. How traumatic. Who knows? You know, sometimes she's probably making a mistake not seeking medical attention, especially if she hit her head. These injuries like whiplash and things like that have a, a way of surfacing later. Her uh, bag is gone. Now the um, assailant knows where she lives, likely. Perhaps has other contacts, keys, cards. She's now in a very vulnerable position. Where was the bag when she was walking out to the car? I'm going to pick on the 74-year-old woman in New Jersey now. We do not live in a time where you can casually walk out to your car with your bag hanging off your arm, dangling like everything's A-OK. Why would you do that? You're loading groceries in the car and the bag's sitting in the stroller thing there, right? The cart. That's what was happening, I'll bet. Guy comes up, shoves her, and just grabs the bag. She was just collateral down. She should have just put it out in the middle of the drive aisle. She would have saved herself the trouble. She just put the money out for the guy. And she could have kept her ID and so forth. That's how silly this is to operate like this. First, you go up to the car. You have your purse. First thing you do, unlock your car. You're going to open the hatch or whatever you're going to do. You're going to put that back up in the front or somewhere where it's secure, under the seat where they can't easily just grab it. All right, now that's secure. Now you can unload the groceries. And before you do that, you're going to look around to make sure nobody's watching you. You're going to look around to see if somebody is there, where they are. And if nothing else, you're going to grab that can of soup and you're going to jam it in their eye if they get too close to you. This isn't that complicated. A little bit of resistance would put a stop to the problem. That we just acquiesce in all things in this country. Sickening to me. I, we can no longer afford to be weak little sheep. We can no longer afford to make ourselves targets. I don't care if you're a 74-year-old woman or not. You need to use a little bit of common sense. That the rest of us don't have to pay increased insurance premiums, increased cost of policing, and have all this stress going on all the time. Because people don't know how to take care of themselves. Is anybody training their children? Like my mother trained me. Look in the back seat. Look around. It wasn't traumatizing. Oh, I wouldn't want my child to be raised like that. Why not? Why not? Wouldn't you want to teach them this fairy tale idea that everything's okay when it's not? I'm sure you heard about this story in Grand Central Station, New York. Large black man. This is how the New York Post reported it. No, no, that's me who wrote that. <laughs> they didn't write that. A tr- they said a troubled vagrant. I said a large black man. Here's what they said. A troubled vagrant randomly stabbed two teenage girls. No, a large black man targeted two white girls. Large black man in New York City targeted two white girls. This story has a lot to it, too. A troubled vagrant randomly stabbed two teenage girls enjoying a Christmas morning meal with their parents at Grand Central Terminal Restaurant after ranting that he wanted all white people dead. The girls, 14 and 16, visiting from South America, were attacked at the Grand Central Station dining concourse at around 11.25 a.m. Monday and suffered non-life-threatening stab wounds. Well, we'll see about that. They're not going to come back. Do you know what the the success rate of uh, surviving a stab wound? Not good. So I'm not going uh, to, he then allegedly lunged at the unsuspecting teens, plunging a knife into the 16-year-old's back. Yelling and carrying on. He's yelling and carrying on. The parents, the kids are sitting there at this table out on this concourse. He's yelling, oh, I'm going to kill all white people. And then within a step, lunges and stabs these two girls. The cops arrive a minute later, he drops the knife at me. Oh, uh, hands up, don't shoot. Uh, he should have just shot him right in the neck. Just let him bleed out, sucking air. <laughs> That's what they should have done. Hands up, don't shoot. Shoot him right in the groin for that move. Just let him bleed out. Unbelievable. Oh, I'm the bad guy in this. Is that what you're going to tell me? Where's the filthy father of these two poor girls? Where was this scumbag? Everybody's just sitting there. This guy, I'm going to kill all white people. Why didn't he get up and be like, why don't you start right now, tough guy? I'm going to jam that knife in your groin. If somebody would have said that, where the hell were the cops? This guy's yelling. It makes me so angry. These poor girls. I I was having a conversation with somebody about a homeless problem here locally. Not in our town. <laughs> Believe me, not in our town. They got this situation where these homeless people are living in the park. And it's right, right across the street. There's single-family homes, much like ours. And I look at the whole situation. And the cops aren't doing anything. We'll take them out of there. And it's all, oh, the poor people, the homeless people. I say, you know what? That's all fine, well, and good. 
And this county really dropped the ball. You've heard me screaming about it. They closed the homeless shelter with no plans to rebuild it. Matter of fact, I just saw in the paper yesterday, they funded $5 million for a new recreation center, but will not fund the homeless. They said, you know, it's going to be up to the towns to do it on their own now. They don't want a homeless shelter. They want to put them in houses is what they want to do. They want to take these vagrants. They don't want them in, in these you know, 100 people, group homes, institutionalized. They want them in your neighborhoods next to you. You can keep an eye on them. I'm telling you, this problem is only going to get worse and worse and worse. So these homeless people are out there, and this whole story's got a lot of legs to it, let me tell you. <laughs> these people, These people have iPhones, they have cars, and they're angry, but they have to sleep in that particular park. I asked uh, somebody near and dear to the situation, let me just ask you, if you had a car and a phone and you were homeless, and, and by the way, I'm sympathetic to this many homeless veterans. I praise God every day. I walk outside, thank you, Lord, that we have this house. I literally was yesterday thinking about this, preparing for the podcast. So thank you, God, that we're not dealing with How judgmental, please, Lord, I, I beg for mercy that I not find myself and my family in that situation. Could you imagine how horrific? But I asked myself, if I were to find myself in that situation, and I had a car and a phone, would I go there? And the answer is absolutely not. Absolutely not. Not even remotely close. There's a million other ideas I could come up with of better places to go than that. Why don't they sleep in their car? They have to sleep in the park. Wouldn't you rather sleep in your car in the winter than you would in the, in the, out in the open in the park? It doesn't make any sense. None of it makes any sense. So what's really going on? But I said in the course of that, I said, you know, here's the problem with all this politics. Then you have the do-good, oh, don't be mean to the poor homeless people. I don't want to be mean to them. I beg the county to be compassionate and put the gosh dang homeless shelter back. But you're not going to put them in my backyard, period. Not going to happen. I was talking, and I said, here's my argument on this. If something happens to my daughter, you can't undo it. And unlike this schmuck, at Grand Central Station, going to sit there while some giant black dude's waving a knife, talking about killing all white people. He's going just sitting there eating his soup like everything's A-OK. It's not me. Not me. I can't believe it. I, how pathetic. No wonder our kids are growing up so screwed up. My mother, if that would have been, if we would have been there as kids with our mother, my mother would have killed that guy. That guy would have been in a chokehold picking that knife out of his eye socket. My mother would have done that. What the hell has happened to people? That we're just going to sit there and take this shit. I don't get it. The people that, because they talk, don't fight back, don't, don't, no fighting. Often it's not strangers who attack people. Listen to this story. This is really disgusting. Michigan law clerk. This story has a couple different angles. Have you heard about this story? She was convicted, Shanda Vander, 44 years old, on trial for the murder and torture of her son, Timothy, age 15, who died in their home July 6, 2022. When he died, he weighed only 69 pounds. The story here, she's shown throwing up when she was shown pictures of her son's emaciated body. They would torture him by feeding him bread covered in hot sauce, deprived him of sleep, forced him into ice baths. The uh, older brother, who also was on trial, there's a photograph of him here, brother Paul. What a weird, weird-looking dude. Uh, he's been charged with child abuse. They have some texts where I guess the older brother is talking about telling her to put hot sauce on his testicles or something like that. They were really just torturing this kid, and he had autism. Now... I want to back up a second because there's a flip side of the story. I'm not saying it in judgment or to support or condemn or condone or anything like that. The facts are the facts. I'm not a party to this. But here's what I see that we're looking at. This woman had a couple of kids. I want to say five. The one has autism. Who knows? Is that caused by vaccines? I don't know. But she's single. Who knows where the dad is? Maybe she's such a psycho that... You know, whoever the man was flew the coop here. Maybe he's dead. Who knows what's going on? Um, they seem to have a decent house that they lived in. But they're being raised by their mother. And what I see is this really strange-looking 20-year-old kid. He just looks very uh, emaciated. Is that the right word? His eyes are sunken. He's um, 
skinny, fat kind of looking, very pale, doesn't get outside, strange haircut. So what am I talking about here? Divorce, not having a man in the house, not having proper masculine influence. I can see it all over this kid. I saw a photo this morning. I was looking. uh, A mother and her children growing up in 1939. The father was a coal miner. Young boy, probably eight or nine years, he's sitting there. He's muscular. He's muscular. I wasn't. I was fat when I was a kid. I was muscular fat. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, I don't know why I felt the need to slip that in there. So I look at this and I say, this is not a a man ready for society, 20 years old. He's still living at home with mom. I mean, he's going to go to jail. He's got this on his back. He's been living in this house of horrors, basically. And why? What's really going on? Well, the other thing is the son with autism. And I don't know the severity of the autism. Have you ever dealt with somebody with autism? It can be maddening. And here's another one where I thank God, the grace of God. I, I don't honestly know if I could deal with it. And certainly I, I couldn't see myself feeding the kid hot sauce bread and, and not having him eat. But my assessment looking at this without really knowing, a divorced mom who really kind of got into trouble, she, you know, she had to show up for a job every day or a municipal job. She had paychecks she could depend on, benefits she could depend on. But everything else was completely dysfunctional. And probably from the minute she walked in the door in this crazy lunatic Autistic son, and I don't mean that to be rude to him. He needs help, too. I'm saying this out of compassion. People don't know how to talk anymore. You know, I don't say that. The kid needs help. You're going to act like everything's normal. It's not, and he's dead now. Are you going to tell me who's being compassionate or not? You need a man in the house. Everyone's like, I don't need men. I'm, gonna, I'm looking at this scenario. I'm going to be like, nah, I think you do. I really think you do. And now we're going to have generations of what? This kid's not, this 20-year-old Tim... He's not ready to fight a war. This, the dead 69-year-old autistic kid, what, what's he going to do to support the country? Nothing. The, this whole family is nothing but a drag on society. Now, I'm not trying to victim shame. and I'm not trying to hurt them. But look at how this happened. It started with divorce. And now we have this society where we don't have the support of a church community. Our families are falling apart. And we're going to rely on the government and the government systems And this is the result. Over and over again, dead children, destroyed families, people in jail. This is a white family, by the way. All white. Poor. That's their crime. Can't cope. I I talk about this a lot with the economy. The, The effects of our economic condition affect a lot more than just our wallets when you think about it. It's another area where I'll say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, because uh, we want for nothing, right? It's not like we have uh, you know unlimited resources because we don't. But we don't need anything. I promise you that. Thank you, Lord. We've been richly, richly blessed. Some of these problems. I'm going to talk more about it. I think you probably heard about this story. Part of the reason why I bring this up, Gypsy Rose. Um, she was this daughter. Did you hear this story? It's another story very similar to the one I just told you. Gypsy Rose Blanchard, the child abuse victim who was convicted of killing her mother, will be released from prison early. She's out now. She was sentenced 10 years for the killing of her mother, Dee Dee, and this looked like it was a whole scheme. Uh, Gypsy Rose is believed to have been a victim of uh, Munchausen syndrome, by proxy, have you heard of that, where the mother generally... They say the caretaker is usually the mother. Uh, makes the child sick with the illusion that they're sick in order for them to get attention, which they did. They got like a free house and they were getting a free trip to Disney. And um, the mother forced the child to use a wheelchair and oxygen, even though she needed neither. She said that she um, had leukemia and MS or muscular dystrophy, two different things, right? That she never actually had. Um, the mother is accused of forcing in a wheelchair, I said that, shaved her daughter's head, forced her to eat through a feeding tube. After Katrina, they located the Missouri, a, a Habitat for Humanity group built a wheelchair-accessible house for the Blanchards. The mother and daughter are also the subject of donations and gifts, including a free trip to Disney World. Unbelievable. They met singer Miranda Lambert through the Make-A-Wish Foundation. 
How did the doctors let this go on? They brought this up in the story. Some doctors pushed back. I want to focus on a couple of things. So this crazy nut job mom, you're not allowed to say that because that's me with my big manly, toxic masculinity syndrome, whatever they want to call it. I, I can't comment on this. Men shouldn't comment on motherhood, right? Isn't that where we're at today? Well, I'm going to comment on it. This lady was a freak. And here you go again, left with a, just a, a trail of, of broken dreams. Generations will suffer as a result of this. These people have become worthless to our society. But I don't judge. As I said, God have mercy. Clearly, the mother couldn't cope. Whatever gypsy rose, but you know, people, the mother, you know, no husband around. Maybe he left too. This lady's nuts. I'm out of here. Maybe they never knew. Who knows? Who knows? No church guidance. But I want to talk about the doctors a little bit. How is this poor young girl going through all this and no doctor ever reported the child abuse? Are you hearing now what I'm hearing, that COVID was never isolated, that the whole thing is just a big phony fake? I believe it. Well, I've said this all along. I'm like, oh, the, this variant is spiking. How do they know that? They're putting these weird names. Nobody's like, oh, you got to use a microscope. You can't see it. Oh, okay. So you just believe it. None of it uh, being verified. That issue that the doctors did not catch this going on, to me, represents everything you need to know about the failure of the medical community. And God forbid the next jack wagon that tells me that I need to get a doctor. I started, I had people closer, you should have a doctor. And it kind of got in my head. I'm like, how come I don't have a doctor? You maybe heard me talking. I was trying to get a doctor. I'm like, I don't need a damn doctor. What the hell do I want a doctor for? I get a nutritionist before I get a doctor. Let's move on from the doom and gloom. <laughs> Wall Street Journal had an article that came out. Why aren't people posting on social media as much anymore? This is what cracks me up with the media, social media, whatever. Where, where did everybody go? How come nobody's posting on social media anymore? Well, I can't imagine. Maybe because people are worried about losing their jobs. Maybe because people are worried about getting swatted or arrested or worse. And it's going to kill social media. I see it all going away. I saw this um, fascinating to me. And you can see the evidence of this. I'm not... I've been watching Twitter, and, and I don't. It's, it's interesting to me what's going on with Twitter. Uh, they, I, and I've watched what's going on with Gab. Gab, I played around with Gab for a while, and the issue there, you know, Facebook was really on to something with the whole friends and family connection, which way they then exploited, and it doesn't work in reverse. If you go out into the public square as a stranger, and you're like, hey, let's be friends. Everybody runs naturally, especially with everything going on. And what does that mean? You can't really build an audience the way you used to. I'm sure you can in different ways. So then, you know, Gab came out with a thing. You know, they verified your identity. So you, they came out with the blue check certified first. But I, I don't – Gab, first of all, I don't know how they're uh, – system works there but the the feeds on it just aren't very good things don't load right and although they say otherwise i think they have their own controls in place i think you have to i don't believe it's possible to run one of these platforms with no controls because you can't just you can't have somebody going there and posting um child pornography for example or crimes being committed you have to have protections in place for this stuff that's just the starting point and everybody else is going to have, a, you know, different things. I've said this to you before, even soft porn. I, if, if there was a, a social media feed that had that popping up, I would not participate in it at all because I can't take the risk that I'm looking through and my daughters see that stuff. Basic decency. Well, how far does that go? You use curse words. You know, what, what is the level of decency? And, I, and I've said this many times in other comparisons. You don't go into a church and start cursing. And I don't think it's appropriate to go to a bar and start praying either. There's people that are doing that for, oh, we, we're building our, our congregation in the bars. Let me know how that goes. But anyway, <laughs> there's a time and a place for everything is my point. So how does that all fan out in social media? All that to say that I don't find any of it enjoyable. I don't have a Facebook account anymore to even look at it. I have my Gab account. I just haven't posted lately because I'm kind of like, what the hell's the point? It was getting some traction, and it's all fun and neat to see the likes and the views, and you know, 
It's like getting an Amazon package. But honestly, it doesn't really do anything for me. I could care less. Twitter, I thought was really good in the beginning. I just see it becoming boring to the point that I don't really want to look at it anymore. You have the following feed, which is all the people that I follow, which is mostly, you know, political extremist stuff by most measurable standards. And it's just constantly, rah, rah, rah. Then they have the following feed, which is, you know, how to tie a better knot, how to tie your shoes. This is really the stuff that's popping up. And some of it's cute little videos, but I, I started looking at this is just all a complete waste of time. This has become like a hypnotic device is what it is. Not educational, not informative. Maybe mildly entertaining. I guess if you're sitting in the doctor's office, it's a great thing to do. Otherwise, I don't see any benefit of it. Complete waste of time. I see social media completely going away. Here's the move I wanted to mention these. So after I see the, the Wall Street Journal article that nobody's posting anymore. Well, I don't mean when you made it a crime to do, you know, when people became getting convicted of, of, of felonies or insurrections because of their social media posts, I think everybody got the hint. You know, I walked into a bank and then I got arrested for robbing it because I posted it on social media. It, people wise up sooner or later. Anyway, the other thing that I saw this article pop up, the AI to help businesses with posting. And guess what? You know, this is being sold as a tool, right? This isn't government required. This isn't Joe Biden. Now, who knows, you know, if there's any, you know, secret government influence behind it. But this was an ad for an app that I could buy that would use AI to automate the posting, social media posts across platforms for the podcast. And so presumably, if I read through it correctly, I would go and put some parameters in and maybe some links or whatever inputs it allows you to provide, and then it will provide posts that AI creates. So let's just say the topic of the day was going to be the Second Amendment. Um, presumably it would immediately lock me out of that topic is what would happen. So we couldn't even put that in there. So what might you put in there? Okay, let's say um, getting in shape. Uh, can't really talk about that on social media either. I'm not kidding. You can't. You have to be so careful. Um, so what could we really talk about? Preparation? Eh, it's going to probably Marcus. I don't know. I really don't even know what it could feed in for this podcast. So let me use a different example. Let's just say you own a local business and you're a bricklayer, just by way of example. You might go into this AI and say, okay, I'm a bricklayer. I lay bricks. I build walls. I build uh, houses. I build fireplaces. I build outdoor fireplaces. I build brick patios. I can build a brick garage. Any other brickwork you need. We're your brickies in Brickville, Pennsylvania, okay? For a very low cost, you could probably put together some video ads and run that out on a platform like Facebook to everybody in a 10-mile radius or whatever your business radius was and probably be good for business. The AI tool now is going to do all that automated, and it gives it a score. Not by the government, not by Joe Biden. It's going to give you a social score. Good job. You're scoring 93 out, not quite 100, but you're close. You're doing really good. Get the hell out of here. And so, first of all, there's no way I would participate in some garbage like that, man. <laughs> but let me give you the net impact of it. I think that's why you're getting these very benign videos, right? Because I can't talk about the Second Amendment. I can't talk about survivalism. I can't talk about Joe Biden being a creep. So none of that's going to come out. I'm going to talk about things that are going to get you a social credit score of 93. What's that going to be? Sunshine and dandelions and bunny rabbits. And nobody's going to want to look at that crap. Because it's stupid and boring, just like college, school, the military, and working for these woke companies. Hey, would you like to go to Harvard where you can be lied to and work under a dean who plagiarized and got their way into their role just because they're black? And now you're white and you're going to suffer and you better hope you're not Jewish and go get vaccinated while you're at it. What the hell? Get your mask on. Hey, you want to come to Harvard? And we don't talk about those things here. What's wrong with you? Yeah, gee, this is a great place. And everything's become like this. Wait, wait till the companies can't hire. Well, we can't hire. They're going to be hiring all from overseas because the, the social media has tainted every white person in this country. Well, we see here back in uh, 2016, Chris, you posted FJB. You want to explain that? Yeah, not really. I'm out of here. I'm going to go back, crawl into the cave that I came from because this place is just horrid. 
You've got all the all the luxuries of a modern world, and it's horrible. Keep it. I'm going to move on. Here's one for you. I want to talk about. We're burning some time, and I got a few things to talk about. I got a I got a good update I want to give you on the on the big stories. We're going to be talking about it more as we get into the new year, I'm sure. But I'm going to give you a little primer, so stay tuned here, okay? Canada has made free tampons available in men's bathrooms in government buildings and parliament across Canada. Justin Trudeau, I guess, did this. I'm sure you heard about this, uh, but listen to me a second. Tampons and sanitary pads will now be available in all men's restrooms in Canadian parliament due to a new policy by Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. The new policy states that tampons and pads be made available for free in all men's restrooms in parliament and other federal workplaces with intensive security measures, including airports and military bases. I'm not sure why that all tied in up, but why the security measures had to do with free tampons, but apparently it did. Canadian conservatives scoffed at and mocked the new policy. Canadian Senator Linda Frum commented on the new policy and attached the photo of the products. And she was complaining that, you know, when women menstruated, we had to buy our own. When men menstruate, the government's going to give it to them for free. Here's what I would say about this. And this may be coming to the United States. I find in the Central Intelligence Agency sabotage manual that one of the techniques that they describe in great detail is the clogging of toilets in public places as a sabotage technique. And so if you could imagine a minute that going into an airport, and, you know, just one toilet just gushing water out, the, the problems that that would create, and water flowing out. If it was several bathrooms and it's happening over and over and over in other government buildings, you could create quite a problem. I'm going to say to you, and I was talking about this with the homeless thing, he said, what do you do? We need to start fighting back, and sabotage is our friend. I'm going to say it plainly right here. If the American government begins putting tampons and pads in American bathrooms, government buildings, or otherwise, then I would suggest that it would be time for the good men of this country to use them, to use them, to use those products in mass, all right? And, hey, if, don't you question me why I'm taking one or five or ten out of there and what I'm doing with them, tying them to In the manual, it describes to take, this is what the American CIA was recommending that people do in Europe. And so here we are now. Here's what I would say to the people in Canada. Here's what you need to do. You need to make sure, men, that you go into the bathroom, that you pull out a good – got to think about this. You don't want it too big because you got to get it to lodge in the pipe down there and just hit that flusher a couple times once you do. Get that thing good and lodged down in there. Just start feeding a few. Tie two tampons together, flush it. Tie two together, flush it. Do that three or four times. There you go, Justin. We're going to need a lot. You're going to need two, three cases in here because we bleed a lot. We're going to need them. Now, who's to say what they're even allowed to be used for? Right? Take them out. Turn them into party favors. Throw them around in the lobby. Let everybody see them. Make sure that they're aware, right? Listen, they're they're free to use. I didn't see any sign that says that they're restricted to be used. Some guys got to put them in the men's restroom. Where are you supposed to put them? You're going to tell me, oh, you can't put them in the toilet. Where am I supposed to put them then? Why don't you describe that to me? When the hell are people going to wake up and fight back? You're going to play by the same rules. I was talking about this with the homeless things. Like, what do you want to do? The police are going to go out and beat them up. I didn't say beat anybody up. I, one of the guys says, I'd go out there with my gun. He didn't go out there brandishing a firearm. I mean, you're going to get arrested, and the homeless people are going to laugh at you. They say, well, what would you do, Chris? Hmm. Well, one thing I would do is I would start saving my urine. You know what I mean? In a five-gallon bucket. First thing I want to tell you that's very important, I would ask twice to have them removed. I would ask twice very politely. And I would even leave a notice for them. I I wouldn't want it known it was me. You have to conceal your identity. Very, very important. Even if you were going to call into the police department, I'd call it in anonymously. And you better be careful what phone you're calling from when you do that. I would not let it be known my identity, but I would twice ask nicely. You cannot be here. I said this about being compassionate. We should have a homeless shelter, but you're not doing it in my backyard. I'm not going to allow my family to be in that kind of danger, period. Okay? So what do you do? Well, listen, you've got to operate within the bounds of the law. Don't go out there lighting fires. That's arson. You're going to go to jail for a long time. Remember those two uh, liberal lawyers found that out the hard way. They're crying big tears, right? 
you threw a little Molotov cocktail, it was just a protest. Nah, that just turned into arson. So you better understand that. You go out there with your gun on your hip, confronting homeless people, that's going to turn into something different. That's not self-protection. You better understand the laws. However, if these vagrants are allowed to go over there and piss crap and leave the crap laying all around, then so am I. We're going to play by the same damn rules, you understand? I just go dumping buckets of urine all around where they're staying. Go ahead, sleep there all you want. I clean up the dog crap in the yard. I got buckets of it. I go up the horse farm and get loads. And I'll take a bucket out there, spread it around. You get caught by the cops. What are you doing? You always have an alibi before you get caught. You're rifling through, pulling out a handful of, of, of uh, women's menstrual products in the men's bathroom. And somebody comes to the police. What are you doing? I'm preparing myself for the latrine. Pardon me. Why do you need five of them? Who are you? Who are you to ask me? You could sue the cops for that. How dare I have five vaginas? How dare you question me on that? I'm a, I, I identify as a five vagina woman. You're going to tell me I'm not allowed to do that? This is the new rules. What do you mean I? You can't come out here and dump poop around. What do you mean I can't come out here and dump? They're down here taking a crap. I'm out here cleaning it up. You're not cleaning up. You're dumping it. Prove it. I'm picking it up. I put it on the ground. I pick it up. What's wrong with that? Uh, what does it sound mentally ill? Yeah, you're nuts. Yeah, so are they. I'm just playing by the same game. That would be the beginning. That would be the beginning. You know, they have a habit of leaving their stuff laying around. You can't take it. That's theft. You can't burn it. That's arson. But if I pee on it, that's apparently okay. I'm going to just dump it on there. Whoops. Whoopsie. Sorry about that. And things would only escalate from there. I'm not going to go into it. All I'm going to tell you is there's no way in hell I would allow this to go on. And I see grown men say, what do we do? What do we do? A guy's sitting there in an open concourse with a big black man within arm's length. He's screaming. He wants to kill all white people. What do we do? What do we do? Get the hell up. I don't get it. I don't get it. What is this story? Threat to democracy. Listen to this. I, you want to step back a second. We look at the, the news and the microcosm. You don't think that now's the time to get a little more aggressive in our efforts? They arrested Donald Trump. They arrested Steve Bannon. They arrested General Flynn. They arrested America's mayor, Giuliano, um, Roger Stone, Navarro, lawyers. They removed Trump from the ballot in two states, working to do that in as many states as possible. They changed the voting laws. Unbelievable how far they've gone. I told you they're going to go as far as they have to. To get rid of Trump, will it work? Probably not. The um, Maine, Michigan estate, did you see this lady who's kept him off the ballot? She's a freak. She's a freak. She She's probably a man pretending to be a woman, if I had to guess. Uh, I've told you this with these election supervisors. At every level, you've got, a best I know, I could be wrong about this, there's a local election captain, there's a county, there's a state, and there's a federal. I'm not, I'm not sure if that goes exactly like that. There may be a different breakdown. But at each of those steps, and I, told, I keep telling you this, I've seen this firsthand, and now you're seeing it in the news. I sat in the room where the local election supervisor left my buddy off the ballot. He's running for state representative. Not here. He's not going to be on the ballot. And when questioned, this filthy, rich attorney... 70-year-old white woman, as Nazi as anything, just blast. And there was wealthy people sitting in there, were wealthy men. And she just, I'm making a decision. Not gonna be and he wasn't on the ballot. And this lady's doing the same thing. Oldest trick in the book. Then it turns out that she was down at the White House a couple months ago. Oh, uh, where's the recordings of the phone calls? Is this an insurrection by Joe Biden? Is this uh, election uh, interference by Joe Biden? Hell yes, it is. They don't care. They're in survival mode. They really are. The dollar is going to break soon. I really think it's coming. I'm getting more and more news. I'm not sure, but it's it's crazy. But I think you're going to see more and more of this craziness heat up. And I, I don't think they're going to stop Trump. I really don't. The Gateway Pundit is reporting. I want to get this. So that's an update. Finances the election. Crazy, crazy. It's not, we haven't even gone into the new year. They get an early start on this. I was listening to a great commentary by a guy who was filling in for Glenn Beck. Horrible radio show. The 
information that he was sharing was just really just broad opinions that no no factual basis for I felt and he he's one of these people that very much cloned himself like Glenn Beck and I guess that's good if you want to be a fill-in for Glenn Beck it's like uh, Jean-Claude Pierre there the little Obama protege she's got the head movements down and the, the hand movements and she just you know and, and what we're trying to achieve here it's just it's so phony it's unbelievable right um, so you, you see this but that's just this not me but anyway, he was given a great commentary on the election, and he screwed up. He caught himself, too. He said, um, he said, what people want, what the American people want, is they want a fresh new option. They don't want the same old, same old. And then he caught himself. Well, maybe people are viewing Trump as that fresh option. Uh-huh. And the only one that can get anything done, really, at least on the, on the, without just throwing money at the problem. Well, we shall see. I'm not sure we're going to get the same Trump. Second time around, he may be dealing with a collapsed dollar as part of his administration. Time will tell. All I want to tell you is, as far as the election is concerned, everything I told you from day one, that they will do everything and anything to keep Trump out of office, up to and including killing him or starting World War III. They'll make their best efforts. They'll tell you, hey, we tried to keep him off the ballot. You didn't want to listen, so now we got to lock down, blow up, whatever we got to do to make it happen. We shall see. We shall see. Great write-up here from the Gateway Pundit on the Ukraine situation. Let me give it to you very simply. Ukraine is getting their butts kicked. All right? All the disinformation. I got a, a buddy of mine sent me an article that you know, Russians were killing babies. Oh, God. Really? We're going to go through this propaganda again? It's always the, the, the war propaganda. That the other side, they're killing babies, they're raping women, they're tearing old people from their homes and beating them and, you know, brutally raping and yada, 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 yada. I, some of it I find laughable. If you, you know, you, what do you think? You come out of the field and you break into a house and you find this rogue family and, you know, there's dust and, oh, I'm, I'm horny. <laughs> yeah, this is how war fighters think. I'm not saying that abuses never occur. I believe they do. But not like not like people think. Not on the scale, anyway. But anyway, the story comes out that the Russians are killing babies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't really care. Uh, obviously, I care about babies being killed. What about our babies here? I'm worried about my own children, man. I told the Ukraine they should make peace. They voted for this bum, Zelensky. Let me tell you what the Ukrainian people should have done. They should have sought. They should have just sought to become part of Russia. They should have booted Zelensky and his corruption out and went with Putin. They would have got a better deal, probably. Not that Putin is a great deal either. We're not going to talk about that right now. The bottom line is all the information on the Ukraine war that you're getting from American media is almost nearly complete disinformation. They want to have you believe that Russia suffered huge losses and they're barely holding the line, and that's not true. Russia, it's Ukraine that suffered huge losses. Um, the impact on the American arms stockpile, nobody really knows how significant that is. I wouldn't be too quick to, to buy into that, by the way. You know, there's, there's information out there you would think that, you know, we wouldn't be able to fight a war with Cuba at this point. And I, I don't think that any of that's true. I have a funny feeling that if the United States needed to or probably already has that ramping up production of artillery shells and things like that wouldn't be a huge deal, is my guess. I don't view that as the common thread. But there's other problems, big problems. There is an impact on our arsenal. The bigger impact for the United States and our exposure is that our military is in shambles because of the woke agenda and mismanagement largely. Either way, here's the reality of what's going on in Ukraine as best I can tell. Putin is just marching forward. And he's going to keep marching forward until it doesn't make sense to march forward anymore. Biden administration banning menthol cigarettes. This has been in the works for a while. And I asked myself, how stupid, how racist is it? Black people enjoy menthol cigarettes. The, uh, the breakdown is right there in the article. The one thing that they, they are, I guess you are allowed to speak about demographically. Black people like menthol cigarettes as opposed to regular. I don't know how because that stuff to me was always just horrific with that menthol, man. Whew. But uh, either way, black people have gravitated towards menthol cigarettes. So what does the government want to do naturally? <laughs> Take them away. Take them away. Why just the menthol? Doesn't that, isn't that clearly racist? So then there's a fight, a pushback, 
And this is pretty fabulous to me, the business opportunities. So they had these protesters. I think it was, who, what, what smoker is going to take time? Oh, I'm, they're not taking away my money. I'm going to go protest. And I don't think so. I think they were paid probably by a, you know some agent working for Big Tobacco that wants to keep it, right? But either way, if people want to smoke, smoke. I think they should regulate what the tobacco companies put in these things. But as far as the people, I don't agree with it. I don't think it's a good idea. Of all the other priorities we have in this country, all the other problems, and this is what we're going to tackle right now. Displaced Gazians flee again as Israel launches fresh tank and air assaults. Where are all these people going? Two million radical (laughs) Gaza residents. I'm sure we'll be making room for some of them here. This is a great story. I'd like to talk about a little bit more from the Associated Press. The title is Children Born Poor Have Little little Margin for Mistakes or Bad Decisions Regardless of Race. We didn't have any money growing up. I don't know what I would say we were poor. But I am well aware of the impact of that compared to, let's say, our wealthy friends. You know, growing up, having access to things that were a huge change. Huge change. You know, a whole different level of stress growing up when you got to worry about paying the bills all the time. And all of a sudden you get a hole in your shoe, and mom comes home from work, and it's a big deal. It's a huge deal. My daughter, it, it, it pains me. She left her shoes outside. and just, like, sat out there all summer. She didn't even care about them. One was out in the yard. The drug, like, Get your shoes picked up. And I think, I think they finally just went in the trash. We just wasted them. I look at that little story. I tell that story. And look at the difference of how she's living and how I grew up. I had one pair of shoes. And this story, I'm telling you, I'm not making it up. We're out riding our skateboards. We laid down on them like idiot boys do and rode down these big hills. And in the process, we were dragging our feet to stop the skateboards. I wore a hole in my shoe. Just destroyed the shoe. Sneaker. It was the only pair I had. My mother came home from work in a panic. It was huge panic. Where were we going to find shoes? We needed shoes for tomorrow. Where was the money going to come from? It was like $40 or something. It was horrible on my mother, the stress. That all bounced back to us. We got through it. But I, to this day, I remember that. Eight, nine, maybe eight, nine, ten years old. I remember that incident very well. One freaking pair of shoes I had. And my single mom working as a waitress, just like Ocasio-Cortex. And people talk about all these things, they throw them out there. You know, and if you grew up in, in Lily White suburbia with all your little pretty little things all around and never had a bit of hardship in your life, you're out of touch. You grow, go down the ghetto and you see how things really work and you get a little different understanding. When you have to work for things as opposed to beg and, and deceive and play politics... There was no politics. They wouldn't even let us in the church. That's the truth. Because my mother was divorced. We were outcasts. I see these stories, whether it's the autistic kid being killed. Thank God my mother loved us. It's hooligans as we were. We, we were probably bouncing around worse than this autistic kid. By today's standards, we would have all been diagnosed with autism as well. Police coming, neighbors complaining vandalism, good, and it was never-ending. I look back on it, I look at my children, and it's like we're two different species, really. I kid you not. I kid you not. I want to talk more about it going forward. People, we, we too much suburbia in this country. Too much soft hands. <laughs> I've rattled so many feathers with that soft hands comment, and some of you I love. Like I told you, my hands aren't all calloused up right now either. But I hope you understand the point I'm trying to make about that. That we've got too many people. We've got a whole section of society, many of them liberals, some conservatives, that have never worked a hard day's day's work in their life, have never known adversity, have never known struggle, have never known what it's like to have one freaking pair of shoes or one pair of anything for that matter. It's not good. And then they sit there while their kids are getting stabbed. What do we do? I don't have that problem, my friend. And for that reason, I'm happy I grew up with one pair of shoes. I'm happy if that's what it took. If that's what it took to get me to the point that I'm not going to sit there while some black ogre stabs my daughter. What do we do? 
It's not me. I know what to do. I want to mention this. I don't know if I'll talk about this one more or not. For some reason, the media has been coming out, pushing these stories about the deaths during COVID in the nursing homes in Pennsylvania. And this was Governor Wolf who did this. An evil, evil person. This guy should be tried on war crimes, in my opinion. This guy should be investigated and charged and tried in a public court with the highest penalty for what he has done. He played politics. When I tell you that they'll do whatever it takes to get Trump out, they'll be happy to sacrifice you. Don't you worry. Tom Wolf is doing great. He's out of office. He's got his governor's retirement deal. He's got his business dealings, and he's doing great. Absolutely phenomenal. He really is. But the, you go talk to some of those. I've talked to him. Why doesn't the news go and interview some of the adult children of these people who died in these nursing homes? Why don't they put the, Why don't you go look at what you did, Wolf? They just ignore it. And that's the contempt. That, that right there speaks. They just act like it. The, uh, yeah, I don't know what you mean. We know. We know. God willing, there will be a day that people like him are judged properly. That's all I can say. I want to mention this story before I let you go. And then we'll move into the new year. New year. Down in, I think this is actually Chester County, maybe it is Delaware County, still within the four-county area around, five-county area around Philadelphia. Philadelphia, Bucks, Montgomery, Chester, Delaware, five counties, including Philadelphia. Southeastern Pennsylvania, this is where everybody lives, like 90% of the population is down here. It's great. Yeah, right. Anyway, Thornbury is what I would call an upscale part of Delaware County, I guess it is. And this house, they got the guy on camera, uh, dark-skinned, wearing a mask and a hood, trying to break into the home. The police arrived very quickly. They uh, were able to scour the area, but they did not find this person. Listen, they're catching the guy when he's at the door, which is good. The security worked in this situation. You, If you're living in a, in a home with resources today, you better start putting security in place. This crossed my mind the other day. As much as I talk about it and people laugh at me, I'm like, I got three, four layers of security, man. Occasionally, somebody will get on the property without our knowledge. <laughs> We're fixing that, by the way. But then they don't get very far before we know that they're on the property. And I keep telling you this. You know, I look at this situation, this video. God forbid maybe the wife is home alone or, or whatever. Somebody's home alone. A child's home alone. And this guy's able to get the door. You know, once you're at the door, getting it open is not hard at all. Anybody who's installed the door probably knows how to open the door pretty easily. I mean, even if that thing had that, like, it was all deadbolt, I guarantee you, I could get that door frame out of that opening fast. You could do it very quickly. If noise isn't an issue, you you could do it in no time. My point is that for a million different reasons, at the point that somebody's at your door and they're a threat, you got a problem. God forbid they're inside. You got a big problem. Why would you not want to be alerted sooner? The technology's there. You don't have to use anything fancy. Matter of fact, we're thinking about adding another level of redundancy that would be a mechanical system, like a string line with bells on it. Because I don't want to be surprised. It changes everything, right? We'll get people, I get the ping, the bing, the bell's going off. Somebody's coming on the property. Now, who's in the offensive position? Now, I just I just open the door. Not even. Not even. If somebody came on in a hood and a mask that we weren't expecting, came to the door, I wouldn't answer it. Would just stop. I back away from the door. Actually, put myself in a more. We have multiple points of entry from this house. I keep telling you this. You don't know they're not working together. You're distracted at the front door. Guy's got a clipboard. You went. This looks looks kind of benign. And meanwhile, the guy's breaking in the back door. Going to clock you from behind. This is all important considerations for your security. I see people. These houses where I'm mentioning in Thornbury down in Delaware County. I'll bet you it's a seven, dollars $800,000 house, but they didn't have a couple hundred bucks 
to get a proper security system set up? Maybe I need to start a consultancy. I'll charge them $2,000 to send them the link for the cameras and whatnot. God willing, I'll be back after the new year. Listen, I want you to take all this seriously. I hope you do. Think about your security. Check your six. Do a little preparation. we got to start defending ourselves and letting people walk, always stab our kids right in front of us. I'm not going along with that. Not in a million years. You want to put tampons in the man's bathroom? Good. We'll use them. Maybe we'll use them to start fires or something like that. Lots of uses. Anyway, lots to think about. The election coming up, it's going to be a tumultuous year. The guy I was mentioning who was filling in for Glenn Beck, sorry, I don't remember his name, didn't have that much of an influence on me. He, um, he was talking about this, you know, the people just want a little peace and normalcy, structure, order. And we're not getting that. We're getting chaos. That's the spiritual war right there. Order is good. Order from God. Chaos, not so good. Anyway, lots to talk about going into the year. Lots of hot headlines I see coming up. Either way, it's going to be an exciting year. I can't wait to come back. Hope to see you there. Happy New Year. See you soon.